0: Welcome. I've seen something place tricks on your mind.
1: This is no coincidence. Put on your seatbelts. You are on the fastest
0: route to your destination, the other side. Hello, and welcome to Destination Other Side, the podcast that puts the PA in paranormal. My name's Mackie, and I'm glad to be in the third episode of the podcast. It's been amazing to research about mysterious things in the area, and I'm actually learning quite a lot about local history here that I had no clue about before, and I hope that you can learn some things here too, even if you don't live around here. Maybe it'll inspire you to do some reading about your own area. But thanks so much again for listening. I'm really excited to be doing this episode for a lot of reasons, so let me backtrack and explain how I got caught up in this one. With all the free time we've had in this day and age, it opens the doors to a lot of mindless consumption of the internet. So lately, I kind of fell into a rabbit hole on YouTube. Like as soon as I get home, I just put on a playlist and let it run all day long. So ever since I did the first episode on the Squonk, I've just been obsessed with watching videos on cryptids and weird little creatures. And incidentally, I of course had to watch all of the Buzzfeed Unsolved videos, which I highly recommend if you've never seen them before. Or if one of those days you just have time to binge watch those, they're pretty creepy and they're hilarious. And although I love the famous ones like Mothman and such, it got me thinking of more local cryptids and I could not help but do another episode on one. So I think this is going to be kind of a common occurrence that I talk about these things because I love them a lot and it opens conversation on local history. Interestingly enough, I found out there are a lot more of these weird, unexplained things living in Pennsylvania than I originally thought. And it was really hard picking which one to talk about, so I spun my little wheel of choices and I think I landed on one that just might pique your interest. Today, we're talking of a legendary creature located in Clinton County, Pennsylvania. It answers to many names. It's commonly known as the West Branch dugong, which a dugong is just a medium sized water mammal. This monster also goes by the name of the Kettle Creek Monster, or more locally known as the Susquehanna Seal. I did a lot of research, and I learned so much about this creature. I had a whole fancy thing written up on it, and I was just going to go down the list of facts I learned and tell the story of this thing. But I felt like this needed just a little bit more spice. I figured during my research that maybe there just might be someone out there who would be interested in talking about it, too. And I found just the person. Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Mr. Lou Bernard of Clinton County to the podcast. Mr. Bernard is a writer and local historian and part of the Lock Haven Paranormal Seeker. So thank you so much for taking time out of your very likely busy schedule to join us today. I'm really thrilled to have you here. Thank you for
1: inviting me. I appreciate that.
0: Of course. And uh, before we get into the local legend today, I would like to learn just a little bit about how you got into this scene because this isn't really something you hear about people doing every day. So how did you get up to this point in being involved in all that you do? Was the paranormal a lifelong passion of yours? I
1: suppose you could say that. They don't have a boot for this a career day when you're in high school. But um, well, I was into this kind of thing when I was a kid. In my dad's barn, where I grew up, there are still chalk drawings I did of Bigfoot, the Yeti, when I was like seven, eight years old. Oh, okay. I've always been interested in exploring and learning and adventuring, and that kind of led me into a job with local history uh, when I was 36. Now, we're getting, actually, that'd be uh, 15 years ago this month, I started in on that. And it turns out I was fairly good at it, uh, to the point where I was invited to join a local group of ghost hunters that would be the paranormal seekers
0: and and funny enough i didn't even know there was a local uh paranormal group i thought those were kind of just exclusive to the the bigger cities or the tv tabloid type of people
1: Yeah, there's actually there's a bunch of them around though i will say our group is the most reputable and the longest lasting we have been at this since 2007
0: that's actually amazing do you know just off the top of your head what's your favorite place that you've investigated
1: Favorite haunted place, Sue. Well, uh, there's my own house. We've got the ghost of a girl, Ida Yost, who committed suicide in 1905. But if that one doesn't count, I would probably say the old jail on Church Street. We've got a jail here that years ago was converted into apartments, but most of it, nobody really went out of their way to make it look like not a jail.
0: Oh, that's lovely.
1: And, I mean, it still, you know, looks just like the old prison the only man ever hung for his crime in Clinton County was hung there in 1888, and it's believed he's still there haunting the place. So we've done that one a couple of times, and that might be one of my big favorites.
0: Hmm. I might have to talk about that sometime on the podcast. For
1: oh, Sure, s- <laughs> happy to.
0: Awesome. Uh, for some of our other listeners who might be interested in pursuing these types of hobbies that you yourself have put so much time into, What would be your number one piece of advice to beginner explorers or paranormal investigators?
1: I would say learn everything you can. It is not like the TV shows. Really? Yes. If you've learned everything from TV and the movies, forget it and start over.
0: (laughs) Note taken.
1: my, My personal rule is if you're dramatic enough to be on television, you're not scientific enough to be doing it correctly.
0: I do have to say I've never thought about it that way.
1: They, they drama it up for TV because if they did it the way it really should be done, nobody would be watching. So, you know, learn a lot of stuff, not just necessarily paranormal, though I do have kind of a guidebook that I wrote uh, that I can send to people if they're interested, but other things as well, biology, geology, astronomy. Get a bit of a background in all that stuff because what you're looking for is not necessarily ghosts and cryptids. You're looking for the
0: truth. Awesome. Well, thank you for thank you for that insight there. I kind of didn't expect that. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: hey. Well, nice to hear you.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm really excited for this. Let's dive into the legend of the Kettle Creek Monster.
1: Kettle Creek Monster.
0: Yes. Yes. I did quite a bit of research, which is how I found your article on pawilds.com. And actually, it made a spot in our local newspaper, the Lewistown Sentinel, quite a while ago. I forget when the article was from. It was 2013, I think. So can you give us us a little insight as to how you found out about the creature and the general backstory (laughs) of how it became a local legend?
1: Okay. Well... Pretty much, I'm the guy who publicized it. Really? Yes. Yes. I guarantee you if you talk to the Sentinel or North Central PA or whoever else has written about the Kettle Creek Monster and ask them where they got their information, sooner or later, you'd follow that back to one of my articles.
0: So we're talking to a local celebrity here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It feels weird to say it, but I suppose kind of. The Kettle Creek Monster was spotted throughout the 1880s, 1890s. And a man who went under the pen name of John of York wrote about it in The Clinton Democrat around 1892. He wrote a whole series about what the monster was doing, speculating about what the creature might be, uh, talking about how lumbermen at the time were terrified that it was going to hit the raft and overturn them. Mm -hmm. In my research, I do a lot of scanning through the old newspapers. Now, sometimes I just do it because I'm bored. (laughs) But a lot of the time, I will be doing this stuff looking for something else. I'll be looking for an old obituary, a newspaper article, and I'll stumble on it. And that's what happened with this. This creature, you know, known as the Kettle Creek Monster, or sometimes uh, the Susquehanna Seal, you know, was written about, I mean, several, it was actually around this time of year, February, March, 1892, several columns I discovered all about this thing. So I printed them off and kind of studied it and began writing about it myself. Um, it fits in real well with the kind of things I usually write about. So aside from John of York in 1892, to the best of my knowledge, I'm the first person to discover this story and promote it. Okay. So that's, you know, I've, I've uh, been up to Kettle Creek, actually. Um, my family and I camp there once a summer, usually. It's one of my favorite state parks. Beautiful place. Love Kettle Creek. And my son is six and a half. He has grown up going to Kettle Creek in the summer and having a good time camping out. Oh, okay. So, you know, while we're there, we will poke around and just take a look for the Kettle Creek monster.
0: Now, actually, um, speaking on that, have you heard of anyone actually seeing it? Because I did some research. I tried to dig some sightings up, but I couldn't really find any since, you know, 1800. Since the history dates back a while, I would have figured I would have found more people that have seen this thing or... More drawings or pictures of the supposed monster. So have you known anyone personally?
1: Um, I've had people come to me and say, hey, I saw something weird in the Susquehanna River. Or a couple of years ago, hey, I heard a weird howling. The howling I looked into and it turns out that was probably a bear trying to get a food in a dumpster.
0: <laughs> Not surprising at all. And
1: that's the kind of thing I, I was talking about earlier, by the way, when I said you're looking for the truth. Uh No, I didn't find a monster, but I found what is probably the source of the sound, at least for that particular incident. So, yeah, I get people who will contact me or email me and say, hey, I saw something weird in the river up in Kettle Creek. You know, what do you know about this? Is it always some mysterious monster? No, not necessarily. Water monsters are interesting on a lot of levels. It could very easily be some kind of a large fish. You know, sturgeons are often a big suspect there mm-hmm. a lot of the time when people think they're seeing a monster it's actually a sturgeon could be any number of things you know that people are seeing up there i will admit if there was ever any one monster it is probably long since dead you really think so i'm not going to stand here and pretend that one creature could live to be over a hundred years old yeah unless i will throw this in unless it was a turtle turtles live ridiculously long lifespans
0: okay you're right on that one they do really live a long time
1: Yeah, so maybe it's still around, and what somebody saw was just an oversized turtle. Um, Otherwise, you never know. It could be a family of especially large catfish or bowfish or something like that. that. If I could go all college professor for a moment. Sure, sure, go ahead. That kind of brings us to what I call the population problem. In any given body of water, there's only so much space and so much resources that can support just so many creatures. So if you're looking at something that's been cited, let's say Loch Ness, which has been hundreds of years, mm-hmm. you have to figure, is the body of water big enough to have enough food to support these creatures that could also, by the way, stay mostly hidden as a whole family? It'd have to be generations and generations of these things. So a lot of the time, you know, what you're looking for is just an actual creature that's a bit oversized that lives in the body of water. There are a couple of stories that kind of get around the population problem in an interesting way. Again, uh, out in Indiana, there's a story of a giant monster turtle.
0: Yeah.
1: And like I said, it's very easy for one turtle to be sighted for a couple of hundred years. They live a long time. If the body of water lets out into the ocean, then, yeah, the creature could be swimming in and out of the ocean and easily stay hid and have access to more or less unlimited sources of food. Mm -hmm. You know, again, the population problem, that's how you, you've you've got to kind of, stop to think of that logically there's no way one creature can actually be living unseen for hundreds of years in say a closed-in lake
0: i did actually read about uh rumors of a cave system is that true it's possible okay
1: i've i've read about that and i wouldn't rule it out geologically i've heard that it's possible
0: Okay, so that would kind of answer the question of if there were several of these things, they'd kind of just be hiding in there, but A the connection. In and
1: out of caves, sure.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I don't want to take up too much of your time, so just one more question here. If anyone wants to contact you, if that is okay to talk about the book that you mentioned or maybe just get some more information on the blogs that you post, what would be the best way to contact you?
1: Email is probably best. Lou, L H P A L O U. L-H-P-A at gmail.com.
0: Well, thank you so much for lending some time to speak with us today. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Anytime. And uh, if you ever want to get in touch again on future episodes, we'd be happy to have you here. Hey,
1: I'd love that. I do Ghosts. I do Bigfoot. Feel free to contact me.
0: Perfect. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That is going to do it for this episode of Destination Other Side. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family and everyone who loves the paranormal. Check it out on WCHX1055.com, goldhitswkba.com, and star967.com. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts too. Until next time, goodbye and good day to everyone in every dimension.